Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letizia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizia. with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Middleton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush, and my co-host Ray Hunt at Ray Hunt 84 Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe, and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome to another episode of In That Number. This is episode 166, back after the international break. And today we shall delve into the Everton loss from Saturday afternoon. Very tame first half there, followed by a funny five minutes, which eventually settled the game. Uh, More points dropped from winning positions. The pressure is well and truly on Ralph once again. Um, what next for him? What next for the club? Lots of Ralph discussion today. All of this, plus the inevitable loss at Manchester City to preview for next weekend. And we'll have Tim with us to do that. Uh, we also have goal and player of the month for September to award. That should be an interesting one. But first, let's bring in the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milberton. Kevin, uh, before we get on to the down talk about Saints, how are you this week? I'm all right. Yourself? 
Ah, yes, yes, okay. It's been it's been fine. I had a I had a weekend off actually. I, I, an unexpected weekend off. So. Uh, That's nice. But um, I decided to spend it at St Mary's. <laughs> um, uh-huh. But yeah, it, it's it's been okay. Why isn't holy water used in vaccinations, Kevin? I, I don't know. Because you can't take the Lord's name in vain. Hey. <laughs> that is the most laughing that I'm going to be doing this uh, this week, I'm afraid. So oh. that that is out of the way. Kevin, uh, saints then uh, we have to we have to discuss them because that's what we do. But um, more worrying times then a slipping in the table, uh, losing to a team that we've got a good record against at St Mary's and an Everton side that's struggling for wins themselves uh, and a team that we were neck and neck with in the table. It's basically, it's not a team that we should be losing to, you know, especially at home. It's not, but we did. It's it's looking bleak again, isn't it? Uh, I suppose it is. You know, we're a patchy side, aren't we? I think we, we go from thinking that we're going to qualify for Europe if we carry on like this to thinking that we're going to be playing in League One in a couple of seasons if we carry on the It's been like that for, for, for many years now. And looking at the fixtures coming up as well, this was one that we, we you know, we desperately needed. And off the back of that that game at Villa before the break, well, now we were calling for the changes on here and changes have happened and we still get beat. So, you know, it's hard to know where we stand and, you know, where do, where do we go from here? Um, is this a case of things can only get better? Or are we going to have to see some more beatings before they start to pick up? Well, we're not bottom of the table, so things could clearly be worse. Theoretically, it could even get worse. Um, well, I'm not expecting anything from our trip to the Etihad, obviously. No. But, um, I mean, looking forward, we've got uh, West Ham at home and then Bournemouth away before we play Arsenal the following week. So I think you really need to look at getting... What four to six points from from those two games? Otherwise, we are deep in the shiter. Yeah, and even if you go on beyond that, you know, you're looking at Palace, Palace away, mm-hmm. a team that we're not going to do well against. I, I know uh, Newcastle, who we never seem to do well against. Forget that that Carabao Cup game. Then you've got Liverpool away. But then you know you've got the World Cup and all that that kicks off. And then after the World Cup, there's a really really favourable patch of results that we do really need to start picking up points brighton okay i know brighton are, are like they're fourth at the moment aren't they having a brilliant season um mm. then it's fulham nottingham forest and then the return against everton so there's a there's teams that we have to we have to beat there so i think if we can go into before the world cup and pick up a few more points then okay it's not so bad but they still have to do this and I've been guilty of this I mean we looked at the start of the season this season and and, you know we looked at it and thought we're not going to get a win in August and then you know all of a sudden we go and beat Chelsea so I I don't like to fixture watch at this point but I can't help myself from doing it also yeah you're not alone there before we go any further, uh, if you would like to buy us a coffee, uh, head to buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. ITN News, Kevin. This is ITN in that number news. ITN News then. Uh, Kevin, do you want to kick things off with the international roundup? Let's round them up then, cowboy. Okay, so we'll start off with Stuart Armstrong and Jay Lay. They faced Ukraine on Wednesday, 21st of September at Hampton Park, and they won 3 0. Stuart Armstrong played 76 minutes, as did Shay. Uh, uh, yeah, it was 1 0 when they were said, but that came on to score a brace. Um, Scotland then faced 
Ireland on Saturday 24th. Stuart Armstrong plays 58 minutes and Jay Adams was an 85th minute substitution as Scotland came out 2-1 victors. And the away trip to Ukraine to Poland on Tuesday 27th September finished nil-nil. Uh, Stuart Armstrong was a sub in the 72nd minute and Jay uh, Adams played 79 minutes of that exciting match. Um, Prousey, he was left on the bench as uh, England lost 1-0 to Italy on Friday the 23rd of September in the Nations League. And also in the Nations League, England played Germany and drew 3-3. Ding-dong battle. But um, he was completely left out of the squad. Yeah, yeah, that was a bit of news, wasn't it? That just came out on the day that he's uh, going to be withdrawn from the squad. So, yeah. Nice work, Gareth. Yeah, if I was promising, I'd probably do the same. Um, <laughs> Salisu, yes, he made his debut for Ghana on the 23rd of September as uh, Ghana got around to 3-0 by Brazil in a friendly. He was subbed on in the 46th minute. Um, then on Tuesday, 27th, uh, Ghana played a friendly away to Nicaragua. Mohamed Salisu got his first ever start there and played the full 90 minutes and collected a clean sheet. Lovely stuff. Armel Bella Kocha. Uh, Germany played Hungary on Friday the 23rd. He was an unused substitution in that match, but he was subbed on uh, in the 91st minute Kai Havertz when uh, England played Germany. Yeah, that's nice for him, getting his debut in the national team against England as well. One thing that he's never going to figure out. Uh, yeah. Moussa Gineppo, we forgot about him. He got pulled up for Mali and played 78 minutes of their 1-0 win over Zambia on Friday the 23rd of September in a friendly. Um, they played a second friendly against Zambia, but that was suspended due to heavy rainfall that flooded the pitch. Oh, there you go. Um, Mohamed El Yanusi, yeah, he was called up for Norway. They uh, played Slovenia on Saturday the 24th. And despite Haaland scoring, uh, Norway lost 2 1 to Slovenia. Mo El Yanusi played 70 minutes of that match. Uh, he also played 57 minutes of uh, Norway's shock 2 0 loss to Serbia on the 27th of September. And Norway not doing particularly well. I mean, Despite Haaland. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's in the nation's league. Um, then who have we got? Gavin Bazuno. He started both uh, matches for Ireland uh, against Scotland. Yeah, that 2 1 loss. And Ireland's 3 2 home win over Armenia on Tuesday 27th. Um, as did Obafemi, and uh, Obafemi scored in that match. So it's nice to see him doing well, at least yeah. for Ireland. Sam Adozi, uh, we're just getting used to him. He played... Uh, Baby Che. Baby Che, yeah. He played three matches um, in the international break, starting with uh, Wednesday 21st. He started and scored in the 63rd minute in uh, England's 23-0 win over Chile. Uh, he was then subbed off in the 71st minute. And then on Saturday the 24th, he was on the bench for England's match against Morocco, and it was subbed on in the 72nd minute. Yeah, England won 2-1 against Morocco, and then another win, this time 3-0. Uh, on Tuesday the 27th, England played Australia under-20s, and uh, yeah, Baby Shea, he won a penalty, which uh, 
was then missed, but then he scored in the 50th minute before he was subbed off in 76. So very eventful, right? Bonza. Yeah, three matches, two goals. He's prior. Yes, excellent. That's good for him. Very, very good. And a bit of a problem with uh, Juan Larios. Um, he was supposed to feature in the Spain under-19 teams for the Euro 2023 Championship qualifiers, but um, I couldn't find him. And then I remembered that um, Spaniards have like really long. Oh, so it come up, it come up with Lopez, did it? <laughs> yeah, he's Juan Larios Lopez. So, uh, mm. Yeah. He plays as Lopez, I didn't realise that. But yeah, he played the full 90 in the uh, 5-0 demolition of Albania. And uh, he played 82 minutes in their 0-0 draw against Belgium under-19s, which leaves them top of the group. Spain, still got them coming through. Yeah, you can't stop them. And uh, then, uh, of course, Don Ballard. Um, he's uh, the boy of the moment, isn't he? He featured in England's under-18 team in the Costa Calida Super Cup whatever the hell that is. Uh, uh, yeah, so Ballard, he played the, the last 20 minutes of a 1-0 win over the Netherlands, and then he scored twice in yeah. uh, the picture of Erides. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah, he can't, he can't put a foot wrong at the moment, can he? Yeah, he's, he's on absolute fire. Um, yeah, so yeah, there's two crucial goals uh, Gave him a 2-1 win over the Faroe Islands. And then he came off the bench in the 85th minute to score the winner against Belgium, and that also finished 2-1. Legend already. It's a good note to end our little international random. Perfect, yeah, brilliant. Other news then. Oh, by the way, well done, Kevin. Excellent uh, international roundup as always. Thank you. Uh, Sam McQueen, he's got himself a job at the academy as a character and resilience coach. That's a lovely bit of news because, you know, his, his transition from, you know, the football world to the outside world was quite, quite scary. You know, football is all he's ever known. So this is great for the club to give him, well, give him a purpose within the footballing world still. So I always like to hear things like that. That's great. Alex Clapham, who joined Saints coaching setup two months ago, uh, he's departed mm. already. Uh, he's gone to a warmer climate of Rio uh, as he's joined Vasco da Gama. So, yeah, I don't quite know what's happened there. I guess it, I'm hoping it was just a, you know, a fresh offer and he's going to Rio. So that was it, rather than the fact that he was looking for a new job because it wasn't working out. I mean, who knows? In other news, we've got a new addition to the academy. Um, Jack Stewart. I keep wanting to say Jack Stewart. It's Jack, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, just no C in the Jack. He's a young goalkeeper and it's just a short term deal until the end of the season. Used to be at Man City's academy, didn't he? He did, yeah. So I, I, I can't, you can't really say it was a another plucking from Man City because I think he was at Everton, wasn't he, last season and they decided not to renew his contract and then Saints Academy have picked him up from, from there. So, yeah. See how that goes. I mean, you say it's only to the end of the season, as you've said. But, uh, yeah, you can't help but feel the hand of Joe Shields in this team. Player and goal of the month then, Kev. Christ. Um, Christ indeed. I mean, yeah, September was, um, I described it as a damp squib. Um, we did only have two matches so it's maybe not entirely fair but for the first time that we've been doing this podcast uh not a single goal was scored so we had to think a little bit outside of the box and look further afield to the ladies and the b team and we picked out don ballard's goal against leeds sam bellis's goal against leeds lexi lloyd smith's 
fifth minute goal against Palace and Beth Lumsden's against Bristol City. What was the score on Instagram? 50% of the votes went to Don Ballard's against Leeds. Okay, it then that Don Ballard's it is. It was a dead heat between Don Ballard and Sam Bellis. So Sam Bellis's goal was much better, by the way. I mean, you need to go and check it out, voters, because that was a brilliant goal. I don't know how Ballard's won this. It's probably probably the worst of the four, but I'm guessing people have just voted because it was Don Ballard. Yeah, just because of the name. Um, so Ballard, yeah, he was up against Lexi Lloyd Smith, Browsey, uh, and Salisu for our Player of the Month. Um, yeah, again, what's the score on Twitter? Uh, I don't know what it is on Twitter, but uh, on Instagram. Sorry, Instagram. Yeah, uh, with forty-two percent of the votes, uh, Dominic Ballard got uh, got the vote there. Um, I like it. We'll give it to Ballard as well. James Ward-Prowse with 30%. What? Okay. <laughs> Nobody voted for Browse on Twitter. How bizarre. Uh, there you go. Um, anyway, congratulations to Dom. Dom Ballard okay. wins both, yeah. There you go. I'm just going to keep saying Dom Ballard throughout the podcast to cheer himself up. <laughs> Why not? Um, low knees, Kev. Uh, all in action. No one particularly uh, covering themselves in glory, apart from Nathan Teller. Uh, yesterday on the score sheet for Burnley uh, as they drew 1-1 at Cardiff. So, yeah, he's continuing to do um, and play well. Although um, Will Smallbone is actually playing right now. His uh, Stoke sider are, are at Watford, I believe. Oh, actually, they lost 4-0 Stoke. So, uh, yeah, not not great uh, for Smallbone. <laughs> the difficult afternoon. Uh, keep quiet about Smallbone, then. Just talk yeah. more about Don Ballard. Just keep, keep talking about Don Ballard, yeah. Uh, birthdays, Kev. We had Barrows birthday on Thursday the 22nd. How old is Perro? He is 24. Is he? I thought he was 25. Okay. <laughs> I just said it with conviction, that's all. Oh, okay. I thought I got it wrong. Okay, but yeah, 25. Um, Oriol Romeu. His birthday was on Saturday the 24th. So that was last Saturday. How old is Oriol Romeu? Is he 32? He is 32, yes. Um, and on Wednesday the 28th, Wednesday just gone, uh, Big Willie, Willie Caballero. How old is Willie? 41. Yeah, he is 41. Yes. That is someone on the current side that I'm that's, uh, still older than me. So, yeah. Woohoo. Yes. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on, champ. <laughs> right. The B team then. Uh, they haven't played during the break um, because they're on a break, too. Uh, and a lot of them have been involved in uh, in the under 21s, under 20s, etc. So uh, no games played for the B team. Um, but their next game will be on Tuesday. And that is the Papa John's Trophy. And that's against Exeter. So that would be Tuesday, the 4th of October, and that's 7 o'clock kickoff. Uh, the women, uh, they are playing today. They play Coventry United in the League Cup, and that is a 3 o'clock kickoff. Uh, and last week, uh, well, they were in the middle of the game, so I'll tell you now that they drew 1-1 at Bristol City, an undefeated Bristol City, you know, a very good 1-1 draw. Uh, the first goal they conceded this season as well, and that was from Beth Lumsden, and that got into our our poll um but yes so uh they're on today you can check them out three o'clock although by the time you're listening to this they would have already played uh so yeah uh under 18s a difficult afternoon saturday uh, against fulham at staplewood a 5-3 loss really really weird game because uh you know tyler diblin's just come back to that to that fold he scored in the seventh minute uh, to give All right. to give saints the lead uh, and then Fulham scored five goals inside like 30 minutes uh, and went in. We went in at the break at five, five, one down, uh, but then pulled two goals back at the end. Uh, but yeah, five, three loss. And that means that we're bottom of the table on two points. So not a great start to the season for the under 18s. Um, and next up, they have Derby County. And that's next Saturday, uh, 11 o'clock kickoff. 
Right, Kevin, we've got lots to discuss with this Everton game then. You know, the aftermath of it as well, which we're going to get to with Ralph, etc. And, and what, what, what we do from now. But going into this game, Kevin, as I say, we, we have a good record against Everton, especially at St. Mary's. You know, we've won seven of the last nine there. We don't normally have a record like that against it, against many teams. So we were, and we were also looking to win back to back games at St. Mary's for, uh, well, since February. Um, and those wins were against Everton and Norwich. And we were looking to stop the worst record in the league this season by not conceding the opening goal. Uh, we did that, of course, but as it happens, it would only last four minutes before Connor Cody uh, levelled. And then uh, 120 seconds later, Dwight McNeil got the winner. Um, 2-1 loss then, Kevin. A disappointing loss again. We seem to be seeing, saying this quite a lot. But the starters... We were calling for the changes. The, the, the fans, all the fans were calling for changes and he had to make it following those two very, very bad losses to Wolves and Villa. And if you cast your mind back to the last episode, Kev, I said, if Ralph makes the changes and we still go and get beat by a poor Everton side, you know, what then what? And that's exactly what's happened. Because he made the six changes. I mean, we got, we got, who did we get? We got Chaletta Char. He comes in for his debut. Maitland-Niles comes in and, and Juan Larios get their first starts. Stuart Armstrong comes on. Sekumara and Aribo, they're all recalled. And you've got Perro, Salisu, Diallo, Elianusi, Gineppo and Adam Armstrong out. So looking at the starters, Kev, it wasn't a bad bad team, was it really? Well, he did exactly what I was calling for and just scrapped those uh, number 10s. And all three of them just been in. Yeah. Um, and yeah, exciting. We got some players that we haven't really seen much of uh, getting their debuts, which is nice. Um, yeah, that's our... Mate, Niles, Larios. Larios, Mate, Niles, yeah. We were worried that, you know, <laughs> he might be another complete failure that never never sees the light of day, but we're a bit more more confident about this match, I suppose. Yeah, I was too, looking at that. And upon first sight, looking at the, at the 11, I thought, this is exactly what we want. This is an Everton side that we know we can beat and we need to. Um, and it didn't it didn't quite happen. And that first half, Kevin, was just diabolical. All too familiar. You know, the lack of chances, it just was not thrilling in the slightest. An ugly opening 45. Echoes of the previous two games. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, the first half was, was, was pretty dreadful. Um, I, OK, it wasn't as as bad as the previous two matches, I'll have to say. Um, we, we did get some... Some shots on target, which is nice. Adams had a fairly tame chance straight away. But Armstrong was quite good getting forwards in that, in that first half. But, yeah, on the whole, it was just just, just really poor. And I just don't know. Maybe this is a problem with like motivation in the team or something. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's lost the dressing room now, Kevin. I really don't. I don't know if they're just not wanting to play for him. Because James Ward-Prowse hasn't turned up this season, has he really? Um, just disappearing is what it what it seems to be for me. Uh, but the, the second half it was better, uh, and we did show yes. promise, and we started better. And of course, Rebo gets the opener. Uh, <laughs> we don't have a lot of good things to talk about this this week and lately. So let's talk about this goal and the Larios involvement. Well, brilliant, brilliant work from the lad, and and I do want to talk about him a bit as well. But uh, Rebo, the, the goal happened because of because of Larios. Everton were guilty, well, guilty for most of the game for giving the ball away, really, because they weren't great. I mean, it happened here. Adrissa Gay plays a lazy pass, which Larios kind of intercepts, pretty alert to it. And he's gone, you know, head down, run with it. It's kind of like a modern fullback. Uh, And he gives it to Che, and then he, you know, he keeps running still, becomes a decoy. uh, And it opens up the play for Aribo to have a clear-sighted goal. 
not technically not a primary assist uh, assist for Larios, but I don't know. I feel like I want to let him have it. And of course, we break the record for failing to score first. So yeah, good good one. Good start to the second half. Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, again, ex- excellent progression from from Larios. But um, yeah, I think Che was quite smart to set up Joey Roy's season there. He's got a lot of space and uh, time on the ball. Oh, it's a lovely goal from Aribo. He, he doesn't score boring goals, does he? No, he certainly does not. And it was, yeah, it was good work from all three of them, really, wasn't it? Yeah, they, it was short-lived. And Kevin, you'll be amazed at how the equaliser happened because, believe it or not, we can see from a set piece. Fuck me, that never happens. I know. It's almost it's almost as if they don't know how to defend it. Yeah, not at all. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it's Damari Dre, isn't it? It's free kick. Um, Delivered into the box and yeah, Iwobi heads it down to Cody, completely unmarked. Mope also is lingering there in the area, again, completely unmarked. Mara getting back, relying on him uh, at the near post to defend. I don't really understand any of this, but uh, yeah, just completely absent defence, isn't it? It's horrible, but it has to be said that it wasn't even a free kick, in my opinion. I mean, I, I, I want to, I, I say I want to have a look at it again. I don't want to look at it again. But Peter Andre Mariner, he was, I don't know how it came off on television, but I thought he was shocking. He did a terrible job controlling the game. All the 50-50 ones went Everton's way. Um, they got their free kicks way too easily, in my opinion, and he didn't let the game flow. And it was, it was frustrating. I, I understand that I sound like a bit of fan, and maybe I am. But, you know, he got he let Everton get away with a lot. And Pickford's time-wasting, that was very frustrating. Pickford was time-wasting when it was nil-nil, by the way. And nothing was picked up on it. So, yeah, that, that was that was bad. I mean, the free kick shouldn't have happened anyway. But once it happens, same old story. And then the game kind of, like, opened up. Because we had an instant chance, though, didn't we, through Adams. Um, but he kind of needed to do better there. And then that was when it was followed up. Um, three players had a crack at going, didn't they? Um... Adams had the chance, Armstrong and um, then Prousey, but mm. just leads, leads to nothing, really, and uh, get beaten by a quick counter-attack. Yeah, and yeah, this is it, the, the, the Dwight McNeil goal, it came just like a counter-attack, wasn't it, like you say, and then two minutes after the Cody equaliser, uh, he never scores, by the way, and Everton never score twice in a game, unless, of course, you play Southampton, then all your droughts always end. Um, mm-hmm counter-attack yeah walker peters doesn't have his eyes on the ball when that cross comes in and i felt like he was concentrating more on anana who took a dive by the way which kind of went unnoticed yeah he just fell over looking for a pen yeah uh but then he's realized that dwight mcneil was free at the back stick and yeah two one easy enough yeah another man who hasn't scored this century but uh still find the back of the net it's nervous it's it's always the way isn't it but i i mean i know how bad saints played and i know that the the the, the effort wasn't there despite what ralph says uh but the, I, I did feel like that we would get back into this game we had enough to get back into this game not because of the way we were playing but because of the way that that everton weren't and i thought they could be exploited so i was full of a little bit of hope and those chances well, they were coming and Ralph made some changes. He made two on the hour. Perro came on and, and Adam Armstrong came on. Adozi came on a little bit after that for Maitland-Niles. But we did create some chances, Kev. And Adams yeah. had a, had one which probably should have hit the target. But, you know, I think Adam Armstrong had a, had a few shots saved by Pickford. There was another one from Walker-Peters. But there, there were chances. It wasn't completely like that Villa game. No, I mean, it was a bit like the the Leeds game. Like towards the end of the match, you, you thought that that equaliser was coming. Yeah, we did have the chances uh, towards the end. So 
Yeah, it is, you know, another back-to-back defeat. But um, I don't come away from it feeling completely exasperated, like against Wolves or against Villa. I I think I'm worse. I just, I'm just, yeah, I think I'm just in in this this mode now where Ralph has to go because it's. It's not, it's not changing, is it? I, I just, I, I don't want to keep having these discussions every time we go on a bad skid because they keep cropping up and I think it's time for, for, for it might be time for a fresh start now just to, just to move on from him. I'm not sure he's got the dressing room anymore. I think enough is enough now. I just, it, it's, it, something needs to happen. And Ralph's comments on his players, he's saying that they gave everything. Sorry, Ralph, I don't think they did. I know that he's standing up for his players. I'm just not so sure his players are on his side now and, and, as I said before, perhaps he went missing. Say Kumara didn't run at all. I didn't see him run. The, the pressing seems to have vanished. There's zero effort off the ball. The tackling is, is just lacking. What's going on? It's just there's no direction now. It's a complete mess. And if you look at the records, Kev, like 12 points from 60, three wins in 20, it's not good enough. And then you look at Mark Hughes's record. You know, he had 25 points from 27 games, five wins and 10 draws. It's... It's like it's like Mark Hughes' record now. It's getting worse, and it, there doesn't he, he doesn't seem to be controlling it now. It's just it's a mess. It's pretty damning. If, even if you look at this season, Kevin, I think you know. Okay, I know it's it's bite-sized portions, but practically mimics Ralph's reign in the time that he's been here. We're totally unpredictable. We have moments where he's he's untouchable, uh, and then all too quickly he's back under the, under pressure again. That's the whole story of his time here. And I've just had enough of it now. You can even say the same for, you know, the tiny sample this season. As I say, you, you lose, you know, heavy defeat to Spurs. You 2-0 down to Leeds. And then, you know, we're in danger. You drag it back for a draw. You go and beat Leicester. You go and beat Chelsea. And then suddenly this new Saints squad, you know, they're marching up the table. And then you get three losses in a row. And it's doom and gloom again. It's There's no consistency. I'm convinced. I'm still convinced that Ralph doesn't know his best eleven. He's brought in all these youngsters and doesn't know where or when or how to play them. Aribo's been in and out. Adam Armstrong, too. He's dropped Salisu yesterday. Walcott's been appearing on the bench for some reason. He clearly does not know, he doesn't know what to do with Gineppo. We've seen him deployed in three different positions already. We can't form relationship, relationships on the field because he's changing it too much. And yesterday showed that because it looked like we were playing, you know, they hadn't played together before. Uh, the only constant is Prousey, and he hasn't been great this season. His corners have been lacking as well, That his desire mm-hmm. to be there. Ralph is under pressure, Kevin, and I, and I feel that this is the most pressure he's been in. Uh, there just seems to be like a dark cloud looming, and, and you know, I, I did half expect to wake up to the news of his dismissal this morning. I really did. Wow, OK. Yeah, I think it's, it's you know, early days to have been more funny. I mean, you look at, I mean, he's been with us for, for quite a while now and we've been through dark patches like this and uh, the club's stuck by him. I, I still think it, it, it's pointless at, right now to get rid of him. I think there are fixtures that are definitely winnable that we should be showing results. Yeah, yesterday, yesterday was one of them. Wolves yes, as well. Of, Wolves aren't playing. Wolves, Villa too as well. But yeah, those, those key games against uh, Bournemouth and West Ham, I think yeah, if you get nothing from those then I might, you know, I might join you on that side. West Ham won yesterday as well. They beat Wolves yesterday. They're mm-hmm. starting to turn things around already. Yeah, they were off the bottom, aren't they? Yeah, and I mean, if he goes, Kevin, who comes in? We, ha- I mean, is there a better option out there right now, or does that even matter? 
currently. This is this is the thing. I mean, you look at that group of players and you think, what what manager could get the best out of that group of players that's been handpicked by by Ralph to fit his system? And you bring in a a new a new manager. It's new coaching staff as well this season. Yeah, I mean, everyone was raving about this um, transfer window. Us having brought in little youngsters that nobody's ever heard of, but they're the next next best thing since sliced bread. I think you know we 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 did get a defender centre back with some decent experience and good international experience in Dujelitsa, mm-hmm. but we're still lacking that goal scorer. We don't know where our goals are supposed to be coming from. Shea hasn't really turned into that Premiership striker that can get goals match in match out. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you there. I mean, we said that at the end of the transfer window that we still didn't get that that number nine. We still don't have that goal scorer. But, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, my worry is that if we get a short-term solution, it's just going to be a short-term solution to keep us up. And then we have to endure football of the most boring kind just to scrape through. But is that what needs to happen? Is, is just safety needs to be the key here? Or do you think we just need to stick it out with Ralph for a bit longer? I, I'd give him, give him to the World Cup and see where we are then. Um, you know, if we're out of the relegation zone, but then then I think, you know, I think probably fine. You get some good spells. You know, for those um, amazing matches like be- beating Chelsea, obviously that's, that's brilliant. Uh, and then you can just forget how inconsistent we really are. But you know, Saints have never been a team that have been predictable or consistent. Well, under Pochettino we were, under Koeman we were. I'm not saying that we're going to be that side now because this is a young squad and we know this, right? And they they do need, well, do they need more time? Well, do, do we have that time? You know, the Premier League is brutal. If you're not getting results, then you're going to be gone. And is, we're not getting the results. Yeah. I mean, we we, we never lost um, 9-0 under, under uh, Pochettino or Koeman. But yeah, again, we did have some, some terrible results. Uh, mm. And Koeman went for a very long time without winning. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're going to get that, aren't you? It's going to happen. But my next question, Kev, is this, is this squad, is this current squad good enough? Is it Premier League quality? Bits of it are. You know, I think, yeah, we, we, we're lacking a goal scorer. Everything else is... Uh, it, it's there. You know, it, it's there for it, a manager wait, to take yeah. over. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, no. seeing, I'm seeing a lot of frustration across media platforms, you know, and, and most are pretty similar. Ra- Ralph is out of his depth. Uh, but some are saying that a new manager would still have to work with what we have out there and it's not a good enough squad. But let me remind you, right, that this is Ralph's squad. He's had all these transfer windows to build the players that he wants. You know, with the exception of Stuart Armstrong and James Ward-Prowse, the starting eleven yesterday was all him. You know, he signed them all. And also, you look at the subs that he brought on again, you know, Perro, Adam Armstrong, Sam Adozi, Elianusi, the exception there. But the rest of the bench, Salisu, Diallo, Gineppo, Walcott, all his. So out of the 20 players, 16 were his signings. McCarthy hasn't even been involved, so you can't count him. And these are all players that he wanted. He signed. He's had the windows. So if the squad isn't good enough, then he needs to take the blame for that too. What I can't understand is the constant changes of the formation and when and where to get the best out of any given situation. But we said it in the past that he needs a couple of windows to get the players that he wants. He's had that now. This is his squad. There's not many teams in the Premier League that can say that. There's not many managers that can say, oh, I'm, I'm responsible for bringing in every one of these players. But Ralph's one of them. Does he need another window? No. All of these players are, are basically his players. He's had you know, an, enough chances to get rid of players that he doesn't want and to bring in players that he does. This is his squad. 
uh, is it good enough? Like I say, we're we're, we're still short of a out-and-out striker. Kev, the, the post-match interviews, he said he, he wasn't unhappy with the manner of the defeat. And, he, you know, I, I'm going to quote him here. So, the way we played, the way we won balls, and the way we competed against the team was absolutely how we tried to play and work during the week. In the end, we didn't get anything countable, and this is why we are frustrated. We are not happy about what we have done today, but I cannot say anybody did not put everything on on the pitch. And this is what you can this is what you can ask for, creating good moments. I think we had big chances to score more goals, but didn't. It's all too familiar, Ralph. I said, you know, you failed to create anything against Villa, and we got what we deserved. Yes, we created more here, but we couldn't score when it really mattered. And I don't think the players gave their all. I just don't think it's good enough. No, it's, it's clearly not good enough. I mean, it's fair play to him for defending his players and whatever. But yeah, it leaves a lot to be desired. There were, you know, several players which just practically absent. Like you said, Mara was uh, lazy. I mean, they, they did press occasionally to some effect. Making Niles, yeah, you can kind of see why Ralph wanted to leave him out. Like I said, disappointed, but not exasperated. Um, I think if we, if it was another dreadful match, like against Wolves or Villa, then yeah, probably I'd be right with you. But we did see glimmers of, of hope there. Um, we did score first. I'm, I, you know, I'm trying to look for positives. I'm trying to. There has to become a time where it's not working. And I want him to go in good terms. Kind of. I just don't think he's going to see out his contract. I just, I think he's taken the club as far as he can now. I just think, thank you, but fresh eyes, get a new manager bounce. Um, and we've got a young team here, a good young team. Who's going to get the best out of these young players? I just think there's there has to be somebody out there that can do that. Are you sure? <laughs> I take it. I take it. Let's get Pochettino back. He's out of a job. Mm. <laughs> He's coming back. He's coming back. Uh, Kev, man of the match. Uh, yeah, some fairly bleak performances around. But um, I like Shay. I don't think you can really fault him. Uh, he, he just he lacks service to a certain extent. And what he did get, yes... Uh, didn't score and chances were tame, but I just feel that I'm not. I can't blame him for how how this match has turned out. Joe Rebo as well. I think he's definitely warranted getting a place in the squad permanently yeah. now. Um, I'm going to go Larios, I think, because you know he's just that unknown quantity, and you know he wants to impress, and there's a lot to like about his style of play. But yeah, Rebo, yeah, mm-hmm. two shots, one on target, one goal. We won the ball most as well, so um. And Adam Armstrong as well. I just want to say that he come on 31 minutes has already played and he had the most shots. Impressed. Mm. Yeah, he was involved anyway. Okay then, uh, the task of Manchester City Saturday afternoon at the Etihad. Uh, Saturday the 8th of October, three o'clock kickoff at the Etihad. Um, Tim is is with us now to to talk us through this inevitable loss. Firstly, how are you? How did it go last night? A uh, great concert. Uh, first time seeing live music in well since pre uh indoor live music that is. So great band, Jukebox the Ghost. Highly recommend. They just got. They have some good jams. They're very lively, and the and the the lead guitarist looks like Stuart Armstrong. Uh, I always like finding doppelgangers in the wild, and that was fun. Uh, fun to see. So. Hungover. Uh, yeah, definitely. 
So we'll see how uh, we'll see how long it can survive this. OK, then. So uh, tell us how many we're going to lose by. A lot. Uh, realistically, I mean, it, the expectation is and let's just let's just try and find some optimism in this. So uh, in recent, that. <laughs> well, as my wife always says, Southampton seems to play up when they need to be. So, I mean, last previous years, we've had some good we have had some good results against some of the top teams. And then we obviously falter against teams like when we should be beating like Everton yesterday. Um, but nonetheless, we could match them up. We could find them on an off day. Uh, we could find them in the middle, you know, in the middle of their um, uh, just, you know, just find them off their niche. And for us to see that, though, it would be very I mean, they can rotate their entire squad and still probably beat us down by three or four goals. So uh, it's just it's just crazy to think about. Um, looking ahead, though. Manchester City is on a tear. So uh, currently they're playing Manchester United and have a, just an absolute stacked lineup. Uh, Holland's uh, starting and been playing really well for them, obviously. He's got more goals and he's got one more goal contributions than you could ever think of uh, than our, we could ever even hope for in a, on a South, for a player in a Southampton jersey. So uh, to me... Uh, Six at the back then, I reckon. Well, we could play Jack Stevens as a, as a CDM and have four... Oh, and he's at, have he's four. at Bournemouth at the moment, so that would be difficult. Oh well, yeah, but we like the one time that we were like, oh, let's just try Jack Stevens as a defensive midfield and see how that goes. Well, <laughs> it didn't really work out for us. So <laughs> I, I honestly, I mean, what do you? We have to go to the Etihad and we have to try our best. And I mean, it's like I don't, I don't know what the uh, the the good the good way to describe it is, but we they're a complete tier above us. And what we have to do, or we just gotta get lucky. And hope and hope for the best to be able to have any sort of semblance. And that's not the best way of me to be able to break down or analyze everything. We've all seen Pep Guardiola's Man City team. Uh, we know how well they can do. We know how they just reload completely and just completely pummel everybody. It's just it's just unfair. And I don't I don't know what to do. I don't know what to expect. And I'm sorry if I don't have like a beautiful write up for us to say or it's something. Oh yeah, we can definitely win this. We're not. It's just a matter <laughs> how bad how bad we're gonna lose. Yeah. No, that's good. I, lo- I love the honesty. Kevin, how are you feeling about this? Um, yeah, I have a sense of impending doom. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be interesting to, uh, to hear your predictions. But um, in terms of the lineup, Tim, what's the best thing that we can do to stop them from scoring? How are we going to stop them from scoring multiple goals against us? Are we going to have to go with the back five? I mean, we didn't see any success with the back five before. No. Um, that's that's the thing is we we haven't seen success with it we haven't been able to say okay well we put an extra person in the back and yeah we guess we can't go score you know we're not going to we're not going to be astute going forward but we're going to be more solid at the back that just isn't how it worked i think for example you throw that extra person back in there and it seems as if people are like oh okay somebody else will take care of it because we always have that extra person whereas in the four everybody's scrambling around and trying to keep themselves honest in a way it's a Good it's point. a very it's 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 a very much um it's a, it's not a very fancy way of describing it but i think it's the plane in the ideas in the space so it's contr- ultimately to me i think it's about controlling uh the center of the pitch because if we're able to uh, it's those half chances the space it's the spaces that holland and any of those balls slip through uh, that's going to be the the main key and the main effort today um, or next week. That is to watch out for um, when we play Man City. Kev, I know this sounds stupid, but I just feel like we should just go four two two two. Just play our best 
lineup that we possibly can and just be fucking strong and just keep winning those 50 50 battles just make sure rebo's obviously in there um and just just have a go at them i'd rather that than than sit back with a back five that we know doesn't work and still get pounded let's just give it let's just give them everything we've got right yeah it's not as if we haven't done it against city before yeah, yeah chase, chase I mean, we were in a we were in a in a bad situation then, weren't we? When uh, when Jay went and scored his, his his first goal for the club, and we went one one nil there. So yeah, we have done it before, but I just feel like now it's a uh, it's, it's it's a situation below that one. Um, incidentally, the biggest wins against the opponent uh, at Man City, obviously a five one win in 1960. Wow. Uh, 4-2 win in 1986, and of course, who can forget the last game at Main Road, one that they always remind us of still, uh, a 1-0 win back in 2003, and Michael Svensson got the goal there. Head-to-head, Saints have won 32, City have won 39, and we've drawn 27. Tim, I think you're up first for the predictions this week, so what are you going with? I'm going to be optimistic, and I think we're going to be able to score a goal. So that's my optimism in this case. But I still think we're going to lose 4-1. Um, okay, 4-1. That's better than mine. <laughs> I am I'm going to go for a, uh, a 5-0 Man City win. I don't think we're going to score. I don't think we've got – we're in the right frame of mind at the moment. We're, we're down. We're wounded. City are just, you know, sensing blood. You know, Liverpool dropping points again yesterday. I just think that they're going to run over us and I don't think there's anything we can do to stop it. So I'm going to go 5-0 to City. Um, I'm going to be even more confident and say that we can score more than one goal, but we're going to, uh, we're going to lose 4-2. 4-2, wow. So big, big defeats, but yeah, OK. Uh, and speaking of the predictions, uh, the Discord uh, from the Everton game, Colt, Colt Baker and Frederick Lazaro went for Everton wins. Uh, so two points to them. Uh, but Alex Haas and Tony Mears went for 2-1 Everton wins. So maximum points to them. Yeah, Colt Baker extends his lead at the top to four over Dan Fox, who was on 12. Uh, Scott Gorman's also on 12, by the way. Kevin, you're fourth. You're doing well. Um, I'm doing a Saints, really, and I'm in 13th level on points with you, Tim. So uh, we're on six. So, yeah, <laughs> dreadful, dreadful start for us as well. Uh, Super six then. Uh, Round nine was won by Stuart White. Uh, Round 10 is still ongoing, but at the moment, Adam Labour has 12 points. Uh, Overall lead at the moment uh, is Kevin Jewell on 105. Uh, Kevin, fantasy football, bearing in mind, don't give any spoilers for the Man City Man United game. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so I can't tell you how many points I've got, considering I've got... um, Well, I don't know who's in your team, so (laughs) I don't know. Okay. Um, at the moment, it's 60 points for me, um, oh, based on the results up until today. I believe I'm second in the best sense. Of I'm top. Are you? Top. I'm happy um, for you, Kevin. Yeah, look at the big league. Uh, manager of the month for September is Stephen McCullough, with 130 points. Wow. Uh, overall, I'm... Wow, I, I looks, it looks like I've jumped up to second. It's very tight at the top. I'm Lucy Hynack, 481. I'm on 480. Wow. Uh, and then behind me, there's three managers on 479. Did you pick up this week, Tim? I've got 52 points currently right now. So 
Better than nothing, yeah. Would someone like to tell me how many points I'm on? Four, four sixty-five. No, I meant the, for the week. Ah, uh, forty-three. Where am I then, guys? Are you uh, okay with this? Let's do it. Five points. Your first clue. This stadium is located sixty-seven miles from St Mary's. Um, Tim, you can guess away, and I'm not going to tell you if you're wrong or right. Um, it's got to be in London, isn't it? Wh- whatever the stadium that Reading's Reading is. Nadeski, uh, I think. Nadeski. Although I think it's um, the leasing loans car stadium or something shit yeah. like that now. I don't know. <laughs> Select leasing, yeah, car oh, stadium. Yeah. Oh, wow. That yeah. was good. Uh, Kevin, you going to have a guess? Is it Queen's Park Rangers? No, it's not. Okay. This town, well, second clue uh, for four points. This town is located 35 miles west of Reading. Sorry, Tim. Uh, Tim, yeah? Well, it, Tim... It you can have a guess, Tim, and uh, also Kev, if you're if you're I willing to risk it. Oh, you think you got it? You're gonna okay. Well, Tim, I think you... I think I do too. Okay, go on in, Tim. I won't say if you're wrong or right. All right, I think it's Swindon. Okay, yeah. and Kevin, are you gonna take a guess? You emphasize you emphasize the town, so that's why I thought. Okay, it's got to be Swindon. Yeah, Swindon town. You're going for Swindon town. You you're wrong. Oh. No, I'm joking. You're right. Well done. <laughs> It is, it is Swindon, yes. Um, I'll give you the clues anyway. Currently competing in League Two uh, and finished bottom of the second ever Premier League. Uh, and clue four, located in the county of Wiltshire, number five, nicknamed the Robins with a capacity of over 15,000. Where am I? Um, yeah, it's going to be in another... Like, I don't think it is. I still year-round have... ski supplier stadium. It's no, it is the county ground, isn't it? Just the county no. ground. It's, it's always been the county. It's always been the county ground, I believe. But yeah, that was good. Um, I mean, you scored four points there, Kev. Uh, yeah, okay. I think that is it for this week. Um, so toughest game of the season next week to go over Man City at, at the Etihad, and then uh, we shall preview our home match against West Ham, which will be the following Sunday. Uh, so until then, <laughs> up the Saints. Up, up the Saints. Come on. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up my Southampton. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.